Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot, Jeff Harding. Jeff, how are you doing today? I am finally feeling a little dry. Because you've been sick and you've had this Yes, my, congestion head is, my head's and... clearing up. I, I've, lost, I've lost Lou Rawls. I don't have him anymore. I don't know where he <laughs> went, but he's not with me. So I'm, I'm feeling dry in my head. Yep. Well, I'm, I, I think I'm glad. I should be glad, right? That's a good well, thing. Well, yeah, because I'm, not, I'm okay. not contagious around the office okay. or anything. So, yeah. Well, that, that is a good thing. That is definitely very, a good thing. Very, very much. Jeff, I want to ask you a question. All right. And I want you to be honest. Ooh. How do you feel about sugar? We have a great relationship. You feel like you have a pretty healthy relationship. We're, we're really with tight. Sugar. We're like this. You can't see it, but I've got my fingers crossed. Yes, we're, we're really tight. Here, here's the pro- Here's a problem. I don't know if it's your problem, but here is a problem with sugar. Mm-hmm. Not only can it add pounds to your waist and to your frame, but research shows that it can also boost cardiovascular disease, the risk of cardiovascular disease, type two diabetes. It may even increase the risk for some cancers as well. You know, Kyle, some things are just worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe, maybe you have a point there. Maybe you do. I, I don't know. No, no, I'm just. Kidding. But today, I want to talk a little bit about sugar addiction. Okay. Do you I, feel like you're addicted to sugar? I think there have been times when I have been where yeah. I just craved it so much. But right now, we're we kind of have a love hate relationship. I love to hate it, but well, I hate to love it. But you hate to love it, yeah. yeah. I understand that. I, I feel like I'm kind of the same way. But, but listen, our brains can rewire themselves mm-hmm. to crave sugar, and you can end up with, um, you know, kind of some 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 problems when it comes to mm-hmm. sugar addiction. So, uh, they say that sugar addiction is a measurable physiological phenomenon that many people suffer from. This is from Dr. Ken Berry, who is the author of a book called Lies My Doctor Told Me. Uh, So here's a few signs, Jeff, that you might be addicted to sugar. And this is, again, according to an article that I found in Reader's Digest. Before you do that, can I just tell you my sign? Yeah. When you have your cold cereal, your breakfast cereal in the morning, and there's a bunch of sugar at the bottom of the bowl when you're done eating it, you're probably addicted to sugar. Is that that your sign? That's what, as a kid, yeah, I'd I'd put so much (laughs) sugar in there that there'd be be at least a spoonful left in the bottom of the bowl when I was done eating it. Yeah, that's probably not good for you. No. Oh, it was good, but it was not good for me. It was good, but not good for you. Here we go. Really quickly, some right. signs that you may be addicted to sugar. Number one, you hide your sugar habit. Does that ever happen, Jeff? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so some people with a sugar addiction may recognize that they're eating too much, but instead of finding ways to cut back, they just hide it. Mm-hmm. And here's the cold hard truth. No one hides broccoli in their closet. Am I right? No. Nope. If you're hiding sweets or you're sneaking to eat them... You may be addicted to sugar. Okay. Number two. Hi, I'm You're, Jeff, and I'm a sugar addict. Yeah, this this is going to be hard for both of us. Let's, let's just be honest. Uh, you need more and more to satisfy the craving. No, that's not the no, case. That's not true. Okay. Well, with many addictive behaviors or, of substances, your tolerance to sweets may build up over time. At first, one scoop of ice cream is what you need, and that does the trick. But as you become more and more addicted, you need more and more, mm-hmm. and you end up eating more and more, and then that creates that cycle right, of a problem. Right. Uh, here's another one. You eat sugar even when you're not hungry. Have you ever done that? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's the purpose of sugar if you don't eat it when you're not hungry? So if you're stuffed after a big meal, but somehow you still have room for a great big slice of cake, well, that's yeah. a problem. Yeah, okay. That's a problem. <laughs> that's a, it's not a problem for me. It's very easy. <laughs> the number one sign that you may have an addiction is that you're turning to sugar when you're not physically hungry. Uh, here's another one that's very related. You always crave sweets. After a sugar binge, your blood sugar will fall because insulin takes all that sugar and it shoves it into your cells to prevent sugar damage. 
but that fall causes low blood sugar and more cravings, and then again, you enter that cycle. Uh, here's another one that's interesting, a sign that you may be addicted to sugar, and that is that you crave salty foods. And uh, the reason for that is because your body is probably not getting the nutrition that it needs. So uh, it's surprisingly common among those that are addicted to sugary foods because these people are often deficient in some of the key nutrients. If you find yourself regularly eating sugary snacks, you're probably not eating enough of the healthy proteins and fats that your body needs. So cravings for salty and savory foods are one way that your body might be telling you to take a break from the sugar and eat something that's a little bit more nutritious. Uh, Interestingly enough, the inverse is also true. If you eat too much salty food, you might find yourself craving sugary foods or simple carbohydrates. And the key is balance, mm-hmm. right? As it is with everything. Yeah. Um, another uh, indicator that you may be addicted to sugar is that you know the potential consequences of eating too much sugar, but you eat it anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, now, did you do that dramatic pause? He was looking at me, folks. He was looking right at me. I, like I said, Jeff, this is but this is for both of us, right? I'm, I'm looking in the yeah. mirror, really. Um, also, you go out of your way to get sugar if you're making special late night trips to the gas station to pick up a pint of ice cream. You should take a hard look at your priorities. This is mm-hmm. according to the Addiction Center. It's a clear sign that sugar is maybe spinning out of control in the consumption area for you if you're waking up at two in the morning and heading to the gas station yeah. for a fix. That's not you. That does not happen. No. Yeah. You stay asleep. Well, you, you wake up early. Well, yeah, and go I, I get before 30 anyway. Yeah, so so why, why get up at two o'clock? Do you, when you're be up do you walk anyway? to the gas station to get a pint of I ice cream? I walk the opposite direction of the gas station. <laughs> okay. There's no gas station where I walk. All right. Awesome. So today's guest is Dr. Rhett Fry. Dr. Fry is a doctor of osteopathic medicine. He's currently working at Intermountain Healthcare in the urgent care setting, as well as in the Livewell Center. Dr. Fry has four amazing children and loves being active here in Southern Utah. Dr. Fry, thank you for taking a minute to join us on the show today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. So someone in the medical field, what do you think? Sugar addiction, is it real or any of those signs ringing true or is it all just a myth? Well, thanks for... He, he looks guilty. He looks guilty. I have to add that he looks guilty. I was going to say, thanks for making me feel like I'm back in medical school again <laughs> with sitting in lectures about all this. But yes, I mean, in my opinion, it is something that's it's real. Um, I've even read studies that show there's changes in our brain physiology with things like this. Yeah, and and really, that's that's the problem. That's that's the hard part. That's the problem of addiction is is you're rewiring your brain. Um, the beautiful beautiful thing about our brains, though, and about addictions in, in general, is that they are overcomable. Like we can do it. And uh, if you're feeling that you have an addiction to sugar or any other thing, I don't think you should lose hope. I don't think that you should give up. Uh, there is hope out there, and it's possible to overcome. But yeah, it's tough, especially with something so readily available as sugar, because it's everywhere. Yes, it's right. very easy to get our hands on. So sounds yeah. like there's hope for you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, Doctor Fry. I feel much better now. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of hope for all of us. So today, Doctor Fry, we want to talk a little bit about something called lifestyle medicine. Let's just get right into the basics of that. How would you define? lifestyle medicine. Well, first of all, Kyle, have you heard of lifestyle medicine? Well, probably not in that not in that in that context, I guess. What about you? Not, not that combination of words. I mean, I understand <laughs> the concept, I can see the concept, but right. but I haven't really heard it described that way. Yeah. Well, I think it's a kind of a new phrase maybe in the last decade or so that's been thrown around in the medical in the medical field. 
Um, basically, it's it's a way that we use our behaviors or the way that we live our lifestyles in order to um, cure diseases or prevent diseases. And a big part of it is that it's evidence-based. And you, you hear that word a lot in medicine. Evidence-based means there's actual research that's been done behind it, which shows benefit. Some people just say, hey, this might work for that. This might work for that. Take this supplement for that. And if it's not evidence-based, you don't know if it's going to work or not. It could, but it might not. But that's a big part behind lifestyle medicine is it's an evidence-based approach on how we can change our behaviors to live healthier lives. Without, without using necessarily the pharmaceutical chemicals. Yes, correct. Without I love using it. pharmaceutical chemicals. I love it because, as you said, there's so much advice, and I'm using air quotes, but so much advice out there. And much I saw of those it, air quotes. <laughs> yeah, much of it is anecdotal, you know. Right. I started taking this supplement one day, and now my life has changed, and maybe that's a placebo effect. Maybe it's the supplement. We don't know. But to have something that is evidence-based, that's based on legitimate studies with you know many people over a period of time, it feels like those are the kind of things that you can you can rely on. You can look at and say, "There's, I can have some confidence in this." Yeah, and I think that's a big part of it. Is it, is it's a field that's new, it's growing. They're doing research all the time, and they're seeing such great benefits that that we'll talk about a little later on. Not only in in our lives, but just the healthcare system as well. And and I really appreciate that as a trend because I feel like uh, for so long, for so long medicine was all about treating the symptoms, treating the disease, and rightfully so, because that's the problem, right? Yeah. So you got to get after that. Right. But I love how there's so much more emphasis, uh, as you said, maybe recently over the last decade or so, that's being placed on lifestyle choices and decisions that we can make that mm -hmm. can keep us away from mm -hmm. the diseases, that can keep us away from the problems. Right. Uh, so yeah, I, I love that as a practice. I think it's very interesting from a medical standpoint because it's almost like as a doctor, you're kind of trying to work yourself out of a job a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, in a way, yeah. I mean, you know, we're talking, you know, long-term long effects of sure. it. But, uh, but I appreciate the integrity of that concept because mm -hmm. it'd be very easy to just say, oh, you know, doctors are all out to get money, so they're trying to keep us sick, so we'll go into the doctor. And so I, I love this concept. I love this idea of lifestyle changes, preventative concepts and ideas that can keep us healthy and away from, you know, the big major problems that are going to be life-changing in so many ways, from financial to emotional to, right. to families and, and all kinds of things. So I do, I do love that. And you've decided to uh, jump into that with both feet. That's the area that, that you practice. So how do you practice that? Like, as a doctor, how do you go about practicing lifestyle medicine? Well, um, one approach is I think you have to work with people who who want it, have a desire for it because yeah. it's a difficult process. <laughs> Just like the sugar it's, thing we're talking about, yeah, right? It's, it's something that I think takes a lot of, the word I like to use is proactive. Yeah. It's a proactive approach rather than a reactive approach. So that reactivity is something that we get used to in medicine. You see someone has a cough. You see someone has pain. You see someone, you know, is, is developing some kind of condition and you react to that. But lifestyle medicine, we, we're, we're more proactive. We say, hey, what can we do so in 10 years from now, I'm living the life that I want to live? And so that's how you practice lifestyle medicine is you look and say, 
here's where I am now. Where do I want to be in 10 or 20 years? What do I want to be doing at that time? And what things do I need to do now and throughout those years to be where I want to be in 20 or 30 years? So that's how I like to approach it and practice it is say, and it's going to be individual. What works for you, Kyle, might not work for Jeff or, or someone else. Everyone has their different interests and different desires on, on where they want to be in life. And so it's an individual approach. And so I think those are two big concepts is one, it's individualized. And then two, it's a proactive approach to medicine. So I think for most of us, again, because the, the culture has been, you go to the doctor when you're sick, right. you go to the doctor when there's a problem. Right. Um, I think what you're seeing a lot more now is, and, and in, in some de- degree, I think that it's also based on, you know, liability and litigation and stuff like that. But you see, here's a health program exercise program, whatever it is, but you should consult your doctor before you start. Like we hear that a lot. Do you Mm -hmm. see people coming into you saying, Hey, I've read about this thing and I'm going to start it. I just want to check in with you. Or how do you, how do you, how do you connect with people that are ready to make these lifestyle changes and are ready to, to jump into that, that lifestyle? A lot of what I've seen is people maybe are going through a change in life. Maybe they're becoming a parent Maybe they're approaching retirement. Um, maybe they're going to make a big move. There, there are certain changes in our life that I think change our perspective, change our focus. And that's a big part of it is, is they say, hey, a lot of times I hear, hey, I want to be, be around for my grandkids. I just had my first grandkid or I had my first child. Yeah. And so they look through life through a different lens now. And they say, you know, I, I, I want to be around when they get married in 20 years. You know, or sometimes people come in, they say, hey, I just, I don't like the way that I'm feeling. I don't like the way that I'm looking in the mirror anymore. Things are changing in my life throughout these years. And I want to, I want to do things to make sure this doesn't continue to change. So I think there's always some spark or some change in our life or perspective that, that, that pushes us to, to make that change and approach me rather than, you know, picking up an exercise DVD and it says at the first, go talk to your doctor before you do this. I don't, I don't see a lot of of those. I don't see a lot of those. Um, but I, I think it's more in your, in your life. There's an emotional change. And I think that makes a lot of sense. You're listening to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. And we're visiting with Dr. Rhett Fry. Uh, today we're talking about lifestyle medicine and what that means and what that might look like to a medical consumer. Um, Let's say someone comes into your office with, with one of these, as you said, maybe a, it's, it's a, a lifestyle change or it's a, a momentous thing has happened and they start thinking about the future. What's the first step? How do you, how do you help people down that right path? Well, first, um, <laughs> me personally, I ask them to fill out a lot of paperwork before they come in. Okay. Um, I, I, have, I have a lot of paperwork that looks at various domains of your life. Um, we ask about your physical activity level. We ask about your stress levels. We act ask about your occupation. We ask about your sleep. We ask about your diet. So that's the first thing is I, and I always apologize, say, Hey, sorry, I made you fill out 10 pages of paper, but I want to get to know them. And I want to get to know different parts of their life because then, then I think that helps us decide where do we go from here? How can we make beneficial changes for you? Um, so that's, that's where I usually start. And I know you mentioned, and it, and it has to be personalized. It has sure. to be built around a, an individual. But what are some of the basic things that any of us could look at or should look at as far as trying to 
like you said, meet these life goals. If I want to be here in 20 years when mm-hmm. my when my kid gets married or mm-hmm. when my grandchild is born or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, well, I think, you know, there's some people use, uh, you know, three domains, six domains, nine domains, uh, things that I like to look at. Um, like I was saying before, I think one main domain is healthy relationships and stress okay. um, and sleep. Um, I think those are things that a lot of times we can take for granted. And if those aren't, I guess you could say, functioning well in our life, they can affect our physical health. They can affect our mental health. They can affect our emotional health. I even was listening to a lecture the other day that someone mentioned how even the fresh air outside can make a benefit to the way that we feel about life. So all these little things that, you know, we may not look at and how it can affect our body and our behavior, maybe we should look at a little bit more intensely. And I, yeah, I, I totally agree. And it's interesting you you mentioned some of the reoccurring themes that we end up talking about on the show a lot. Uh, relationships, something that a lot of times we take that for granted, right. but a good, healthy relationship, a connection, a human connection with other people can be so beneficial, not only emotionally, which it is emotionally, but physically, there are physical benefits to having mm-hmm. relationships, friendships, mm-hmm. uh, connections, human connections. And then you mentioned sleep is another one that we end up talking a lot about on the mm-hmm. show, because again, it's something I think for a long time, we've either taken it for granted or we've we've the other extreme is we've we've lost the importance uh, of it, and uh, again, you know, you think, well, I, I had a bad night's sleep, so that means I'm going to nod off a little bit at, at work in the afternoon. But there are long term health uh, benefits to getting a lot of sleep, and there are considerable challenges that can come from not getting enough sleep. Not the least of which is Alzheimer's and dementia uh, and other real challenges. So those are they seem like they're two areas where people can jump right in and say, okay, these are the areas I'm going to work on. Yeah. And, and given that, you know, Huntsman senior world's game, some of my background too is in sports medicine. You'd be interested in how many athletes come to me just because they're feeling fatigued with their exercise levels, you know, and they're looking towards supplements. They're looking towards their, what they're eating, what they're drinking. And a lot of times when we really get into it is they might not be focusing so much on recovery. Yeah, we, we we think so much about performance and what can we do to perform better as athletes. A lot of times when I meet with these athletes, we find out, hey, it's probably your sleep and your sleep cycles is why you're not performing as well. And so it's a different approach. It's a different view on saying, hey, you need to recover well and get good quality sleep, but you're not going to be the athlete that you could be no matter what you're doing, no matter how you're exercising, Put in more laps, eating. hit that ball, whatever yeah. it is, if, if you're, you're not getting the sleep. Cause that's when you're going to recover. There's certain hormones that are, that are released in deep stages of sleep that help our body recover. So we can, um, perform the, to the best of our ability. Excellent. Uh, I love that from an athletic standpoint. And again, just from a, an overall wellness standpoint, areas that are super important to, yeah. uh, to take a look at. Now, do you do you recommend? You mentioned um, a lot of people are are looking at supplements or things like that. Is that something that you take a look at and say that that makes a lot of sense, or can we get the nutrients that we need from our food? I know there's kind of a debate about that. What, what's your take on that, based on your experiences that you've had? I think the majority of people. I don't. I don't know if I'd have a number, but I'd say you know, high majority of people can get what they need through 
foods. If we do it the right way. If, if we're right eating way. donuts and no. Snickers bars, we're Whole not getting foods, that. <laughs> unprocessed, grown from the ground. I tell people get to close to the earth as you can. Yeah. You know, if that candy bar is growing out of the earth, great. Eat what it. If you, what if you lay down <laughs> on the ground while you eat your candy bar? Does that count? <laughs> it probably does count, yeah. But, but yeah, I, the, I mean, there are incidences, you know, that supplements can be beneficial, um, you know, specifically if people... Um, you know, are absorbing things or, or have certain restrictions in their diets where they might need a supplement with certain products. So that those, I think those are more individual cases. I think from a general population approach, I think we can get what we need through whole foods, unprocessed products, those types of things. I've mentioned this before, but I think it's worth mentioning again. Someone once told me that the best place to do your shopping is around the outside of the grocery store. And if you think about the way that the stores are laid out, for the most part, that's where you find your produce, you know, your your whole foods, uh, the dairies, the meats, the fruits, the vegetables, all those kinds of things that are the, the whole foods unprocessed. You get down into the aisles and that's where you find your chips and your cookies and, you know, breads. The good and stuff. <laughs> all, all the stuff that tastes good, good for stuff. sure. But uh, but that makes a, a lot of sense. As close to the ground as you can and uh, on the outside of the grocery store, it seems like that makes sense. Let's talk just a second about physical activity. When we think yeah. about, you know, longevity and, you know, living the, the active life and, and living the kind of life that we want, you have to consider exercise in there. What, what exercise advice do you have for, for people who are trying to, to live that active life? Usually what I tell people is to, um, to do what you enjoy. Because yeah. if you do not do what you enjoy, you will not continue to do it. Sometimes people would like, you know, a very laid out detailed prescription on, Hey, do I need to run 30 minutes per day for five days per week for the rest of my life? Even though I hate running. Yes. (laughs) And, And there are certain recommendations that are thrown out there. You know, the American college of sports medicine does say 150 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity per week. So that would be 30 minutes, five days a week. If you were to do a vigorous effort, that's 75 minutes a week. So there are some recommendations out there that say do this amount per this um, length of time and you're going to get the most benefit. But usually what I'll tell people, like I said, initially just do what you enjoy. Make sure you're getting your heart rate up. Find those activities that that you will be able to continue to do or it's not going to be successful. And I think another thing that I have found for me, and it seems like it, it translates translates to a lot of people is um, competition is a motivator. You know, if, if you sign up for a race, you tend to get ready for that race. If you sign up for a, a tennis tournament, you tend to get ready for that tennis a tournament. wrestling tournament. I was just going to say, I, I registered and participated in uh, the U.S. Open wrestling tournament a couple of weeks ago. And you won two matches. And I got, I did win two matches. Two Thank you. How many? But, um, leading up to that, like I was working out really hard, getting ready for it, but I was really enjoying my workouts, you know, it was hard and I was breathing heavy and you know, whatever, there's all the pain that was involved in that, but I was enjoying it. But I've got to admit, like now that the tournament yeah. is over, it's harder to get up in the morning yep. and uh, get out there. So I, I, again, I feel like that competition can be a real, a real motivator. And that's something that we are proud to provide at the Huntsman World Senior Games for people who are looking for that opportunity. Awesome. Well, Dr. Fry, thank you so much for taking a minute out of your day to spend some time with us. You've offered some great advice, good counsel. 
uh, take a look at uh, lifestyle medicine. It's uh, it's definitely the trend, something that uh, I think is going to be where we go in the healthcare world. And uh, congratulations for being a part of the movement. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you, Kyle. Thanks for having me. Congratulations on your wrestling. <laughs> thank you. Jeff, good luck on the sugar. <laughs> he even had a black eye. Oh, he did. I did. It's better now. First though, one so. since he was a teenager. Huh? <laughs> no, since the last year. Oh, yeah, since year. last year. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you. So, Jeff, now is the time. Speaking of motivation and competition as a motivator, now is the time to register for the Huntsman World Senior Games. Right. What great bit of motivation. If you sign up, then you have to do it. Yeah. Registration is open. It, you can, again, use that as that motivator. We have well over 4,000 registered participants right now, which is great. That's a, that's a lot of people. We're hoping to reach about 11,000, and we think that we're going to reach that. Yep. It's very easy to register. Just visit SeniorGames.net. You click on the register button. The process is very simple. It's fast. It's secure. It's painless. It's painless. And before you know it, you'll be able to use the Huntsman World Senior Games as your motivator to get out there and live the active life. The dates for the 2019 Huntsman World Senior Games are October 7th through the 19th of October. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. You can also subscribe to our podcast anywhere that podcasts are found. Once you've subscribed, go ahead and give us a rating, write a quick review. That can really make a difference in helping us spread the word. You can also find this as well as previous shows right on our website. That website is once again, seniorgames.net. So check it out. Our inspirational quote for the day, Jeff, comes from one of my favorite musical artists. Oh, boy. Dirk Bentley. Oh, he says. I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> yeah. It just took a little step, a right, then a left, then a couple million more. Who's counting? It was only a mountain. Great. Until next Thursday, stay active. Bye, everyone. Bye.